Cool. Hey, Sean. How are you doing? Good, man. What's happening? Ah, same old, same old. So uh, we were talking about uh, LinkedIn the other day, and the the setup here is um, the like random friend invite from a completely different market segment or industry or business that you get, or the connection request. I guess it's not friend invite; it's because it's business. But like, anyway, you get this like random like, "Hey, I want to be part of your network," and they and then you make the critical error of saying yes, and then what happens? You get like the like the flood for days. Absolutely. So, um, so I want to talk about that because, like, clearly it might work for somebody, maybe, or they're just all replicating each other's behavior. It's hard to say. Yeah, I think I've only seen this work in theory, um, largely by lead generation services that are selling you this crap. So I, I clearly am very biased, but so take that with a grain of salt. However, I'm the target for a lot of it. So I get it all day, every day, and I need a place to vent. So I'm going to do that here. Nice. <laughs> but I, the, what I really like to talk about is so much of it is done so poorly and how damaging that can be to your brand, just counterproductive as an exercise overall. And the fact that a lot of people have had negative experiences with these services, they, prom they promise wonderful things, right? As in, I could turn on a lead generation service or like, let's just stay, take a step back for a moment and say, you've got a service or a product or whatever it is that you offer. And it provides value for customers, but you want more of those customers, right? You want more of a scalable, repeatable kind of solution for lead flow. You want to be able to find customers more easily so that you can grow, right? Totally natural thing. Every business goes through it. And then along comes a lead generation service and it offers you this wonderful, supposedly, solution out of the box, which is going to be like, if you remember back from the infomercial days with the set it and forget it approach, where it's just going to be like automatic, right? Sure. We'll have your calendar full in no time flat. You're going to have customers coming at you begging for your services because of what it is that we do, which is spam your customers on your behalf. <laughs> like have who doesn't love being sold to that way? So, so like, and I, I don't mean to, to hijack here, but like, have you ever been to one of those meetings? Where like the person on the other end of the call, you both are looking at each other like a deer in a headlights, like, so why are you here? And you're like, I don't know, I got <laughs> I got promised a free toaster with purchase kind of thing, and I'm here for the toaster. And you're like, uh, those that kinds of experience. things, like the the they're poorly qualified at best, if you can get totally. them on the line, if you're not wasting your time trying to make an appointment that never shows up, right? Yep. And that was my experience. I mean, I I bought it hook, line, and sinker way back when I tried one. It was a dumpster fire of an experience, but I learned, right? And then ultimately the meetings, and for those of us listening, just audio, I'm doing my fancy air quotes over here. The meetings that I got and the people that I actually met, I don't think they really knew why they were there. And they definitely weren't people that I wanted to speak with. So it was exactly that. It's like, I don't know why I'm here and I don't know why you're here. So this is clearly not working. Right. And the amount of volume that it takes to get those dismal results were just the whole thing was just a depressing exercise, but informative nonetheless. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at here is that bad outreach is definitely not worth it. It does way more harm than good. And it's just not it's going to be totally counterproductive. So be careful with the over promise under deliver options that are out there when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I want to talk a little bit more about that as an experience as well, too, because it even if it isn't via service, right? If it's something that you're doing or maybe you're using, this can get really tricky too, like some of the automation out there, whether it's email or LinkedIn or whatever, right? 
punching in variables, you're grabbing a ton of emails, whatever, and you're just same type of approach, like spamming a bunch of people, hoping to get meetings or sales or whatever, and you're just not, then is that process really worth it? I don't know. It, that's my take on it, Brian. What do you think? No, it's it's difficult, right? Because you know, you'll see folks out there, and I've saw this on LinkedIn just this week. Um, folks saying, like, you know, just just try, it's all gonna work out, right? <laughs> you know, um, uh, get your message out there and the right people will hear it. But there's a huge difference between getting your message out there and showing up. I mean, I liken this to showing up at someone else's wedding and going, Hey, you looking for a date? Like that's not the way this goes, right? You're this this connection request is about, you know, or the way that this stuff works is should be about nurturing relationships. And and you're not going to nurture relationships with the folks that are showing up for like the free gift with purchase or the promise of uh, uh, something that's like way outrageous. And that's the way a lot of these folks start the requests. Like, hey, are you looking to get to your next billion dollars? Here's the plan. Um, we're going to spam everyone on LinkedIn. And if you get 1% of that, then you win. That <clears throat> That whole model um is is really challenging to your point on the other side of it you don't know that that's broken until you try it <laughs> and so are you I receiving mean, messages like that all day every day <laughs> right i mean that's that's a way to look at it by proxy right but you yourself you know haven't bought the services like this in the past and, and me having you know done the same it's it's really alluring as like uh you just the it's numbers game, for sure. and you play the it's like a lottery ticket you play like well it doesn't matter Right. It's extremely unlikely that I'm going to win. But, you know, you look at those numbers. All I have to do is win one. Brian Pry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, how do you. It's how akin do you, to. I see it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, how do you like, how do you curb that? And at the same time, like invest in the right stuff? Because you want, yeah. I think, I think the addiction there is the fast results, right? Like the uh, somebody right. else can do it for me and I get there quicker. Automated. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, totally. how do you temper that? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're describing here, right, is the approach that many take. And it's the, I refer to as the, hey, you buy this approach, as in we don't know each other, but let's get married, right? And no one ever on earth is ever looking to do that. So if that's the approach that you're taking, right, and look at it from the perspective of your buyer, right? If you're purchasing one of these services or investing in one of these processes, and it's just spamming messages to people, what if you receive one of those messages? Would you buy from you? If not, then they probably won't either, right? So put yourself in their shoes and consider the experience from their perspective to see whether or not that's really what you want to be doing here. So if that approach is ineffective, then the question I think you have is what what is, right? So for the folks that we work with, the podcast chef, they're they're selling B2B services. And it's hard to like people do business with people that they like, they know, they have a relationship with. Right. It's not a whole lot of, like I said, hey, you buy this. Like, oh, thank God. I've been desperate for someone to spam me with the 37th message on building website services or whatever it is I may need today. So let me just buy this because it's the 37th message or something. (laughs) Whatever. Like it's like the the math at this point just so far removed from reality from my perspective that I don't understand why anyone possibly ever would. But the better approach is like we say, you know approach them like they're people, right? Like just 
out and approach them potentially like you might like to be approached, right? Do you want to know who these people are and what they do and how they do it before you decide whether or not to go in business together? More than likely, many of us do, right? So why wouldn't you start with something more along the lines of that, right? There aren't a lot of companies out there selling in particular B2B services uh, via agencies where it isn't heavily relationship-based. And if it's relationship-based, then just spamming people or trying to go direct to a sell is way too strong, way too fast. So instead, my opinion, you need something that is valuable for them. And then you need to lead with that as your offer, right? And it, it isn't, hey, let me sell you this. It's something along the lines of what they actually care about. Like, what can you offer them that can get you, that can enable you to help start building the relationship? And then as you get to know each other a little bit better, who knows? Maybe there's an opportunity to work together. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Maybe there's an opportunity now. Maybe there's an opportunity in the future. But either way, you're not going to get that shot if you just lead with that super aggressive low odds approach. So, you know, you raise an important point. So so let's let's just as a hypothetical exercise, like imagine imagine that it worked, right? Imagine you're selling a $50,000 service offering and through a single LinkedIn request for some spam sort of manufacturing company, you go and you accept and they write that check. As the business owner, are you going to trust it? Like, seriously, like, oh, yeah, I had, we've had interactions for less than five minutes. I'm selling a, you know, medium to big ticket, you know, product or service. Um, and and they buy with with no lead it. That's yeah. really also as the person who's trying to buy a service like this, um, super suspect, right? You're not going to want that. It works. Like, right? it just doesn't work that way. If you think it works that way, then you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to sell stuff that way. It doesn't work. So by all means, if, if you think it does work that way, show me the proof and I'll believe it. It doesn't. I mean, it, it, again, like just hypothetically, if that exercise was successful, these are not folks that are going to be your long-term clients. These are folks that are going to be um, a flash in the pan revenue at best if that check clears. So um, I would definitely not trust it uh, for sure. Because again, it it is a low trust approach to building relationships. And that's what I think is is probably the single most important part. It's not just the sort of uh, scumbag sales tactics. It's it's not a relationship. It's it's spam. And um, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I love watching those shows where um, they'll take on the spammers, like you know the the whole uh, Nigerian Nigerian prince thing, where like they actually take the bait and they take it hard with the intent of gaming the the, the spammer. Um, you know, that kind of stuff where you start to, to kind of look and go, okay, let's just hypothetically imagine this was super successful. How would that experience be as a business owner? And very quickly, even if it did work, which you and I both kind of agree, it doesn't, it, it, it's got zero chance of being effective. But even if it did, it doesn't represent, it's not a good representation of the type of clients you're going to want. Um, I think this this gets back to the idea that um, a good client doesn't necessarily just have a check and a pulse. They've got to be more than that. They've got to be the beginning of a relationship. Um, there are clients that could pay me, you know, 10x what I'm normally getting, you know, used to getting paid. And I still wouldn't work with them because that experience was awful. So, I mean, from a quality control perspective, this also is just kind of wrong. Yeah, if you're selling higher touch services, I mean, you're going to want to do some qualification on your side as well, too, right? So. And just based on the filters you have on LinkedIn, that may not give you enough to really know whether or not you can help this client. 
because there's people out there that might buy, but you can't move the needle for them. And that's not going to lead to a successful outcome either. So you're going to want the opportunity to be able to do some qualification on your part as well, too, which, again, all gets back to relationship based selling. Right. I, I need a relationship with you. I need to learn a little bit more about your situation. I need to better understand the problems or challenges that you're experiencing to know whether or not the offerings that I have can move the needle for you, maybe. And if they can, I can figure out how to position them appropriately at the right time, right? As we're figuring out whether or not or how we can help each other, right? Because that's what people in respective networks do for one another. And that's this is all too, I'll just caveat this by saying this is all very heavily focused on selling B2B services, which are customizable, sometimes intricate. Right. There's a little bit of nuance required and some explanation often required to truly understand what they are. And a lot of these companies, you go right to their website, you can't even necessarily tell what it is that they do. And that's why it's helpful to have a person involved in a conversation to be able to kind of qualify and figure that out. The other thing that I'll share, too, is that there may be people listening and they're like, well, I've done cold email and it's worked to a certain extent. Right. I think worked is something you need to qualify because it depends on what you consider to be worked, right? And if it's 1% or less, I don't consider that to be working. I consider that to be 99% failure. <laughs> and especially if I don't have, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of prospects, which many don't uh, that are selling these like high touch B2B services, especially if the average deal size is a little bit larger. The other thing that I'll mention is that I think times have changed to a certain extent now, right? Like way back when, a couple of years back, you know, money was very cheap. Interest rates were very low. The economy, the economy was humming along despite the challenges from the pandemic. But keeping those interest rates significantly lower made borrowing a lot easier and cheaper, which meant that growth was somewhat unchecked across various industries and spending was very intense as well also. So people were in a buying mode, which lowered the barrier to entry in terms of some of these strategies having some level of effectiveness. But the prevailing sentiment at the moment for those that I know that are investing in this, in terms of the data that I've been collecting, the research that I've been doing, is that most of that has stopped at this point. Now that interest rates have risen, inflation has been growing, things like that, right? Uh, companies are constri constricting a little bit more in terms of the budget that they're spending. Uh, cost cutting has become more prominent. Those types of things are people are getting back to the basics. They're focusing on the fundamentals, the economics, and they're making sure that where they're spending budget is an area where they're highly likely to get value and it addresses specific problems. So because of all of that, that has reduced the effectiveness, which in my opinion was already kind of meager, even when times were perfect for it to be successful, to the extent where people are getting significantly less effectiveness from its baseline. And for some, it's not working at all. Yeah. I mean, so, so back to the, to your point there, you know, um, for, for, for different product lines, you know, if you're selling retail, if you're selling product, if you're selling hospitality or in the food service or whatever, that that's a completely different, uh, almost a hundred percent different approach to marketing. Um, when you're talking about B2B services though, where they have that consultative approach, essentially the consultations are getting harder because folks are looking for a much more direct throughput for ROI, which is which is great, right? It means if you solve problems for real. There's a good chance your conversion rates will go up in a down market, and I've seen that. Uh, I've seen that personally myself, as folks stop looking for the latest flash in the pan and start looking for that proof of effect, efficacy. Um, the consultative selling approach, the relationship-based selling approach, increases in uh, both efficacy and value. So, 
So everything here is is kind of the right direction, regardless of the sort of economic weather systems that are currently prevailing. Um, I think it's important to, uh, again, qualify kind of what long-term success looks like as well, uh, because a lot of the sort of flash in the pan marketing stuff that that is tried, it, it doesn't pass this, the test uh, over time. And, and I think that's um, that's the other like key part of anything that you're doing here is you're, you know, if you're a business owner like me, you're trying to build a system that's repeatable. I want to be able to turn on the faucet and turn it off when I want to. Um, and you need to be able to do both of those things. So. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, We will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck. Uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.